This last Monday, the uh, aviation company that is, was operating British Airways Flight 3271 filed the wrong flight plan, sending the jet from London to Edinburgh, Scotland, rather than its scheduled destination of Dusseldorf, Germany. I don't even know if that's how you pronounce Dusseldorf, but you know. The pilots, the captain, crew, and the air traffic controllers thus assumed the plane was supposed to go to Scotland. And so to Scotland they went. All the passengers thought they were going to Germany. And the air was not discovered until they landed in Scotland and they asked the passengers, where are we supposed to be right now? And all the passengers were expecting to land in Dusseldorf, Germany, but they, lo and behold, were in Edinburgh, Scotland. That happened six days ago. Sometimes we think that we are on the right track, and we're not. Sometimes we think we're going in the right direction. We think that we are lined up with where we're supposed to be or need to be, And we're not. Even when the takeoff is smooth, even when there's no bumpiness in the flight and the landing is good, the flight can be great and yet can still be going to the wrong place. The truth matters, doesn't it? The truth matters. Today we're going to talk about truth. We're in a series called DNA of a Christ Follower. And we've looked at how a Christ follower is one who loves God. How, how a Christ follower is one who loves neighbor. And last week we looked at how a Christ follower is one who is holy or, or set apart. And these are essential traits of what it means uh, to be a Christ follower or to be a disciple. And when we allow the Holy Spirit to come into our lives, God uploads His DNA into us. And from the inside out, we take on the very character of Christ. We take on uh, the very person that God wants us to be, that he made us to be, that he designed us to be and to become. And so today we are going to look at what it means to be truth-based and what claim that has in our lives. You know, I find it a, a great irony that we live in a world where I can get information around the globe within a second or two. Maybe even less if all the connections are working correctly. I've been on conference calls before where there are people in the Philippines. Uh, there are people in uh, all over America, all on the same call. It's amazing how we can get information from one place to another immediately. And you would think in that kind of a world that we would all be on the same page about what is true, wouldn't we? But it's really more the opposite of that. I want to show an image on the screen for you. This, uh, I don't know if you watched any basketball yesterday. I just happened to be flipping through the channels and there was a game on. But before the Gonzaga-Texas Tech game, uh, I saw this quote on uh, social media. And it's a quote from the Gonzaga head coach, Mark Few. And he says, I think that the defense Chris Beard runs is great against lower level of competition, but it won't work against a team like us. And I saw this put out there again and again and again, and people were commenting on it before and after the game. But what I haven't yet been able to find is this actually something that Mark Few said. 
If you could show me after the service today, please let me know. I'd love to see that. But I haven't been able to substantiate this, and I'm pretty sure this is not something he said. But a lot of people have taken this and run with it, and it's kind of fun to play with it a little bit. But the problem is, is it true? And if it's not true, then what we're doing is we're basically saying that this is an arrogant man, aren't we? You could say that we're sliding down the slope of slandering someone's character. Do you want people misquoting you in the world? I don't want people misquoting me. The truth matters, doesn't it? We live in a world where there's more information going around the world than anywhere in the history of humanity, and we still don't know what the truth is. To be truth-based. Truth is one of the main themes running through the Gospel of John. In John chapter 1, verse 14, he says, The Word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen His glory, the glory as of a Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. Jesus Christ, full of truth. We live in a world where Truth is kind of this slippery thing, and you can kind of hide in your own little corner and make up your own little false world, and you can go out and get the information that you need to to build up your little false world, and you can call that truth in your little bitty world. But is it truth in the universe? Is it truth in God's world? Is it truth in Christ? There are many ways that people are tempted to have these deceived understandings of truth. Maybe truth is just whatever feels good. If it feels good, then it must be true. If it feels good, it must be right. If it feels good or tastes good or, or it's just experience makes me feel alive, then that must be a good thing. Well, that's not the case at all. The Bible talks about lots of places where doing what feels good is not necessarily actually good. Or maybe truth is what everyone else believes or says. You can see this easily in our political climate. We seem to have more polarized narratives than ever before. You have this narrative over here and a group of people kind of living in this narrative. This is the way the world is and this is all the information I'm going to get to feed that narrative. And then you have this group of people over here and, and no, 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 that's, we're not even looking at that information. This is the information we're getting uh, to feed our narrative. And so it's interesting, at least politically in our culture, how polarized we are because we have groups of people that are feeding their own narrative and there's a sense of groupthink. It's harder to stand in the truth if you have to stay in your camp, isn't it? Truth-based. We tend to believe what we want to believe, don't we? Often we tend to believe what is most convenient for us. We tend to believe what is most comfortable for us. We tend to believe whatever we need to believe in order to have the path of least resistance. This is kind of part of what it means to be human in a fallen world. As we have that temptation to just kind of put truth on the side and go with whatever we just want to go with. This truth business is not easy. Truth can be hard to get to. 
It is tempting to be too lazy to to seek the truth. Seeking the truth requires that we allow the thoughts of our minds and our hearts to be tested, to enter into the struggle, to work out the nuances, to separate what is real from what is false in the world, because usually it's a mixed bag and it takes a lot of work to separate that out. It's also tempting to be too prideful to accept the truth. The truth can be very humbling. A lot of times in the world that we live in, people talk about truth in such a way that that the things that are true are just kind of out there and, and we're the detached observers. This is what scientists do, and that's a very good thing. Science has a place, right? You're a detached observer. You're looking at something that is objective. You're, you're doing research or whatever that might be. And, and in the world that we live in, uh, this truth is called, you could call this propositional truth. It's this external reality that a detached person can observe and make a clear statement about. That's all fine and dandy. When, when you're sitting on the sidelines watching something else, it's easy to sit back and try to point out what is true and what is not. But the challenge of truth is that we're not ever really on the sidelines. We're always in the game. We're, we're trying to discern what's true in the middle of the world that we live in, aren't we? Not just looking over there or looking over there. This involves the whole of our lives. And so there is this deeper sense of truth. And, and maybe you could call this the difference between knowledge and wisdom. You know, to know something, generally we kind of think we know something out there. But wisdom requires something deeper in us, some sense of discerning. And so I want to offer a few ways that we can become truth based today. Number one, we become truth-based when we plunge ourselves into the story of God. I know that it's easy to take the Holy Scriptures and to find the text that you want to find to prove what you already want to prove. I've seen this done time and time again. But we're called to plunge ourselves within the whole story of God as given evidence by the Holy Scriptures. Which means truth is not something to be picked out and shown as much as it is something to be jumped into. To get all over us. The scriptures give us, if you kind of back up, they give us a story of truth that we are to live in. We see that there's a creation, that God creates all things, that He makes them good. It's part of the story that we live in as followers of Christ. He calls it good. But early on in the story is a deceiver, an enemy, a snake, a serpent, Satan. And Satan comes into the story and he begins to sow these little bitty lies. So that what is true gets tainted by 1%, 2%. It doesn't really matter. You put a drop of poison in something big, the whole thing becomes poisonous, right? Just a little bit of lie in there, a little bit of deception. And Satan sold Adam and Eve on this lie. Ever since that day in Genesis chapter 3, we have lived in deception. We have lived with this burden of not fully knowing what is real and what is not. What is good and what is not. What is right and what is wrong. 
It takes a lot of work now, doesn't it? And so God in Christ comes into the world and says, I am the truth. And then Jesus and the Scripture witness, the story that we're plunged into, points toward a day where all truth will be revealed. Jesus says, For nothing is hidden that will not be disclosed, nor is anything secret that will not become known and come to light. The day will come when all things are revealed. The day will come when truth will win, when light will win, darkness will lose, and there will be no deception. That day is also a day where it says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's when truth gets fully revealed. We become truth-based when we plunge ourselves into the story of God, into the Holy Scriptures. You know, Jesus came and He talked in parables. And people didn't really understand those parables. And then later on, He'd take His disciples aside He'd explain it to them. It kind of shows this stuff isn't just two plus two is four kinds of stuff, is it? It requires something from us. Second of all, we become truth-based when we pray. Jesus says in John 16, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Kind of reminds me of that old movie, A Few Good Men, where Jack Nicholson says, you can't handle the truth, right? That's Jesus saying, you can't handle the truth. You cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. Did you know that the Holy Spirit is meant to lead us in truth? That when we pray, we pray to the Spirit of truth. I think it's cause for great rejoicing to know that when you're praying to God, you're praying to the God of truth. That you know you're dealing with something that is real and true. That you know that, that, that God's not going to fake you out. He's, he's not going to deceive you. He's not going to lead you one way and then, and then switch on you at the end. That's part of what it means for God to be trustworthy and to be faithful. He is tried and true. Next, we become truth-based when we worship. Worship. Gatherings here is a part of that, but it's also in your lives to worship. Jesus says to a woman, John chapter 4, he says, The hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship Him. They're they're having this conversation about, is, is Jerusalem the place, or is, or is this place in Samaria the place to worship? And Jesus says, well, true worship will happen through the power of the Holy Spirit. When we worship, we come to a place of confession. Confession comes pretty early on in the worship process, because once we, we get a glimpse of God, we see our own sin, don't we? And so confession is connected to the truth. One of my favorite movies it's an old one now, but it's, it's a movie called Liar, Liar. Anyone seen that movie? I remember that movie? Jim Carrey. And Jim Carrey is an attorney. And uh, his son wishes on his birthday that 
that Jim Carrey or his dad uh, would just go one day without being able to say a lie. And this wish becomes true, and it's kind of comical uh, for a while how he has to speak the truth to everybody around him. And it's funny, and it's Jim Carrey, but there comes this point in the movie where he's standing in court, and the judge is in front of him, and, and the witnesses on both sides, everyone's around. He's right in the middle of a trial, and he says, and just comes out of him. He says, I'm a bad father. And it just hits him like a ton of bricks. The truth. Confession. Coming right out of him. When we worship, the truth comes up. And when we worship, the truth will come out. Confessing out of our mouths our own sin. This truth is the truth that also, not only does it hurt, not only does it require humility, not only is the truth hard to bear, but the truth also sets us free, doesn't it? When we confess, when we agree with the things that are true, we are on the path to freedom. What is the confession that you might need to make? What is the confession that the Holy Spirit is, is working down inside you that, that may even surprise you? I wonder if that's why sometimes we have a hard time praying. We may think it's because of this or that or the other, but maybe we just don't want to face something down here. It takes a lot out of us. A lot of humility. But brothers and sisters, when we see ourselves as people who are covered by the grace of God, when we see ourselves as people whom Jesus gave his life for, when we know that when we come and we take this bread and we take this wine into ourselves, that it's because of the forgiveness of God in Jesus Christ, when you know that you're covered, then you have the freedom to confess. That's what grace does. It makes room for confession. We're more willing to look in the mirror and admit our faults and sins because our lives are no based, not longer based upon ourselves, but based upon Him who died and was raised for us. The truth will set you free. When we worship, we come into reality of who is in charge. Truth and authority go hand in hand. A person who has issues with authority is a person who has issues with truth. Think about anyone that you've ever been in charge of or you've seen. You know, it could be a coach-player relationship or a parent-child relationship. Anytime someone has a problem with authority, they usually have a problem with truth. If we are unwilling to submit to the authority of another, then we may become puffed up with pride. And pride is a great form of deception because pride is simply a deception that we are gods. Pride is one of the ways that we think we are that much closer to God than we really are. And that is not standing in the truth but living a lie. On the other hand, Jesus submitted himself to his loving Heavenly Father. He did so by giving up his life. And as a part of that, he even submitted to the powers of this world because it was God's will for him to do so. We saw that in the scripture today when he's in front of Pilate. 
Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, so you are a king. And Jesus said, you say that I am a king. For this I was born and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. And Pilate asks him, what is truth? See, Pilate isn't this detached observer sitting on the side wondering if something is black or white or green or blue or whatever. He's fully involved here. When we allow God and Jesus to be the authority in our lives, then we come into alignment with truth. And then finally, we worship in community. Truth tends to work its way out in the context of Christian community and fellowship. A community of people committed to the truth as revealed by God. Beware of the person who is never in community with anyone else. We call those cult leaders, right? We call those deceived people, delusional people. Truth works its way out in the context of community. It helps us to not go off the rails. And so my question for us today that I'll leave you with is, what do you need to do to become truth-based? Are there parts of your life where, where you're buying into a lie? Maybe about who God is. Maybe about who you are. Maybe about what God is calling you to be and do. I encourage you to make a self-examination. A difficult one. But to test yourself. Test what you read on social media. Think about the lies and the deceptions that may slip in the back door of your heart and your mind. Think about the words that have been spoken to you in your life. How many of us are still dealing with something maybe a parent or an authority figure said to us way back when? It wasn't the truth. It's not who Jesus says you are. Maybe you need to renounce the lies in your life. Resist the devil and he will flee and claim who you truly are in Christ. Maybe you need to speak less and listen more. That requires self-discipline for most of us. And of course, maybe you need to worship. Maybe you need to confess. Maybe you need to Plunge yourself into the story of God to meditate upon His Word. To allow the Holy Scriptures to form and shape you in the truth. Maybe you need to submit to the authority of God in your life. And maybe you need to engage in Christian community. If you live your life and if you pray and if you work in these directions, my friends... Christ will lead you in the truth. Let us pray.
We rejoice in the truth, O Lord. We are grateful that in this moment of worship, we can be real and authentic. That we don't have to pretend. We don't have to fake it. But that we can relax in the goodness that is God. And that we don't have to pretend that we're better than than we really are. We don't have to deceive ourselves or deceive our neighbor or lo and behold, Lord, try to deceive you that we're worthy of your grace. But that we can just come empty-handed and accept you. And that we can just say, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. Give us humility to accept the truth, O God. Give us faith to believe. Give us a heart to to hear your voice in our lives over against all the voices of the enemy and the voices of the world. Just give us a spirit to worship you in spirit and in truth. We rejoice in the truth because we rejoice in you today. Make us a truth-based people. Teach us not to get caught up in the schemes and the deceptions and the lies of the world. But to always return to you. We pray these things in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.